a registered nurse, full spectrum doula, and breastfeeding specialist. Ray chats all things breastfeeding. Hi, everyone. I'm a little out of breath <laughs> chasing Mercy around this morning, but welcome back to the Pure Doula podcast. I'm your host, Catherine, the Pure Doula. On this episode, I welcome Ray and I ask her some juicy questions all about breastfeeding. Ray is a registered nurse of 10 years, a full spectrum doula, and a breastfeeding specialist. And truly just an awesome woman. Like, I I know I say this all the time with every guest, and it's true, <laughs> but I felt like we could have, like, just talked forever and ever and ever, and there's so much more I would love Ray to share with us all, um, because her story and her journey is beautiful and inspiring and powerful. So she really dives in with um, breastfeeding. I ask her some cool questions about it. You know, so you're going to find out if you really need to bake that lactation cookie. You know, the ones we see all over Instagram, eat this cookie or drink this tea for your milk. Hmm, right? (laughs) You're also going to find out a lot more, but uh, specifically a common struggle that breastfeeding mamas face. And uh, it might not always be about the mom. It's really interesting. So before we dive in, I want to share a gift with you. Since we are focused on breastfeeding in this episode, I wanted to share this amazing breast balm uh, by The Nakedist. It is an organic breast balm made from organic herbal oils, and it's meant to be used on the entire breast and for in-between nursing. So if you're new to breastfeeding or if you do breastfeed, you you want to have... Ah! Right. <laughs> Mercy's here with me always. You want to have a breast balm. I mean, at first, ah! for me, it was a little rough and like hard to get used to breastfeeding. So I used the balm and it really helped just like keep my nipples not dry or cracked or painful or anything like that. It helps with just staying hydrated and making sure you're taking care of your body while baby gets all the goodies from you. Why I love this one by the Nakedist is, Ah! yeah, you love it too. (laughs) It is made of grass-fed tallow, which if you've been listening or you follow me, you know I'm obsessed with tallow. Tallow is amazing for the skin. It also has organic licorice root, Organic calendula, I can never say that word right, calendula, whatever, oil, (laughs) you'll see all this in the notes down below, Um, organic lavender oil and vitamin E, so it is truly magical if you're breastfeeding or if you know of a mama that plans on breastfeeding, this is something that I think everyone can enjoy. You do get 15% off of your order using my code PureDoula15. It's something that really helps make the breastfeeding journey go a little bit easier. So hang with me while I chat it up. 
This is the Pure Doula Podcast. Let's get into it. Hello. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Hey, thank you for doing this. Um, I'm near an open window, and of course, there's like some kind of aircraft flying by, <laughs> making all this noise. Right now. Well, um, I have on my um like support cancellation headphones, so I hope that I'm clear and you don't hear too much preschooler in the background. <laughs> I need to get myself a pair of those, but hey, if we hear it, it's all good. I mean, there's plenty of solo episodes I record holding my nine-month-old while she's yapping away so (laughs) I like to say you know we kind of I try to keep it real over here like we're all moms share stuff with moms or moms to be and real life is real life you know this isn't a like studio all this and that we don't have like nannies like this is real life (laughs) exactly exactly this is just us Exactly. So um, I know I sent you a bunch of questions. I'm like just so excited to really have (laughs) someone like you share your knowledge and everything. Um, But can you introduce yourself and just share with us all like what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess for everyone, hey, my name is Ray. I am a nurse. I'm an RN, a full spectrum doula, a certified breastfeeding specialist. And I do have some extra training in like perinatal mental health. Those are all things that are really important to me. Um, I've been a nurse for almost 10 years. I cannot believe it. I just keep saying like, what is even happening right now? And I, um, I particularly love community health and public health. Um, I am a solo mom to the person y'all hear in the background. Um, <laughs> it's my, like my extraordinary little um, miracle baby. Um, he's four now, and I had him after being diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome endometriosis and infertility so we had a whole like journey to um conceiving him and he is like yes I love him so much and I'm just so grateful to be a mom and I'm so grateful to be able to support other moms it's just like a dream come true and I know we'll talk more about that later when we talk about like my journey and how I got here Yes. Wow. Like that just gave me chills with everything that you went through and you have your baby. Like it's so possible, you know, to work through all of that. That's incredible. Thank Um, you. You're welcome. So it's really cool how like everything you do, it all really ties together. But um, I want to kind of focus on some of the like lactation consultant stuff um, because I feel like that's something that like for a lot of women, they don't even know exists, you know, like I didn't even know it was a thing until I was pregnant. Like I always planned on breastfeeding, but I didn't know that there was help like that. So Mm -hmm. what exactly does that part of you do? Like what, you know, how do you help women with that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am technically, my certificate says a certified breastfeeding specialist. Mm. And um, (laughs) I know it sounds all fancy, right? I love that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'm in the process of becoming an IBCLC, which is what most people recognize. They like work in the hospitals. Those are the lactation consultants, technically. Um, and so I get, I do get to sit for my exam for that this year. So it's been something that I've been working on for a really long time. And I'm really excited about that. But even as a breastfeeding specialist, you know, I do a lot of peer-to-peer support for lactation and breastfeeding. Um educating supporting people prenatally so like teaching breastfeeding classes or one-on-one prenatal education which is what I believe is really 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 important for people getting off to breastfeeding like on the right foot um doing like consultations with moms and especially in the early days and just you know teaching them what normal baby behavior is what milk supply should look like because there's a lot of misinformation especially on social media um you know assessing what the latch looks like um helping moms who may encounter some struggles like I did definitely in the beginning and um, we struggled with jaundice um I had some delay onset of milk production so just common things that come up with the breastfeeding journey I'm able to provide support and education and you know help moms that's awesome um because like I said I wasn't really aware of women that help specifically with breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like I did get lucky with my daughter and breastfeeding. However, it was a little bit challenging in the beginning to get her to like fully latch on right away. And I know like I had a friend that was struggling for months and seeing a counselor um, or just someone that could help her to like get that worked out. So it's definitely something that's needed for sure. Absolutely. Um, I feel like um, there are so many people who want to breastfeed, but they think that just because it's like biologically normal, that it's just going to come easy to everybody. And that's not the case always, especially if you have a situation where maybe you're separated from your baby after birth or your baby is struggling to latch on and you just don't know what's supposed to be happening Um, Or if you are having like delayed onset of your milk production or stuff like that, like you really do need that support. Yeah, which makes sense. um, Because I just thought like, that's just something that like you do. I'm like, how can there be like any trouble with doing this? Like, what's so wrong? Like, you just put the nipple in the baby's mouth. But you're right. There was, there's a lot to it. Um, Which kind of leads me to this other question. Um. And you kind of touched on it. So I guess I kind of know the answer already, but how and where a woman birth affects her breastfeeding journey, I'm imagining. Um, Yeah, it absolutely can affect your breastfeeding journey. And let me just preface this by saying, I do not think that all hospitals are terrible, right? So Mm -hmm. let me just put that out there (laughs) Um, before I say what I'm going to have to say. But there are a lot of interventions that happen during birth that can later affect the breastfeeding relationship. For example, um, you know, it's really common in hospitals, like everybody gets IV fluids, right? Like you get a bag, you get a bag, you get a bag. and all those bags of extra fluid can you know cause some extra swelling and puffiness and just holding on to fluid overall and you know like the babies of the mamas who get that extra fluid they tend to lose a little bit more weight than um babies who 
who didn't get so much fluids. And so mm-hmm. that already right there, the mom starts to freak out about, you know, baby's losing too much weight. Oh my gosh, I must not be breastfeeding enough. Or mom is like holding on to all of that extra fluid and it's really hard for baby to get a nice deep latch on her breasts, which are really engorged, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, I like to like look at each intervention and say like, is it the hospital or is it this intervention? And does this intervention really need to be happening for everybody? Um, and yeah. so those are the things that can like cause issues for people in their breastfeeding journey and some of those interventions are less likely to happen you know at birth centers or say a home birth and maybe there's even more support because um most most people who are planning like a home birth or a birthing center birth they have like lactation already on their team essentially you know like it's part of the birthing team whereas in the hospital um, they have lactation consultants, but they're not always there. I remember giving birth, um, in the evening and they were like, yeah, there's, there's not going to be anybody here tonight. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and so it was almost about like the 24 hour mark before I got to see a, a, a lactation consultant in the hospital. And so I think it like all boils down to the amount of support that you have and just the overall, theme of the facility and birth that can affect the journey yeah that makes so much sense and um I did have a hospital birth and you know I thought I was extremely prepared for everything Mm -hmm. but I do remember there was a lactation consultant that like came in right after I delivered because it was still kind of early in the evening I would say around like nine well, I guess 9 p.m. is not early now that I look at it, but um, <laughs> it wasn't too, too late. But I couldn't tell you what she looked like, what her name was like. It was just such like a quick interaction. Yeah. Yep. And she kind of just was like, okay, yeah, that seems good. Okay, well, maybe just yep. try this position and then just bounce. And like, that yep. was it. <laughs> yep, exactly the same. And listen, my friends are hospital lactation consultants. And I will tell them all the time, well, you need to talk to your coworkers because when the ones that I had after birth, they were in and out. And basically it was like, well, you had PCOS. So maybe, you know, you won't be able to breastfeed, try this position and give mm-hmm. some formula if you need to. And I was like, this is not helpful at all I asked you to to help me with positioning and you're in and out (laughs) and I'm sure I think well let me just say that I love you know everything you stand for and I love that you're a nurse and that you are in you know these hospital settings and you have these friends who are also in these hospital settings to show that like you said not all hospitals are bad that there is great help available in the hospital but um yeah I think I just had like just that luck of not one that really was giving me much (laughs) advice or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely a, um, common experience unfortunately and it stinks a whole Mm. lot and I sometimes encourage like my doula clients to still even if you're giving birth at a hospital 
um that has a lactation consultant like it like if i have like a virtual doula client i would encourage them to go ahead and find like a a lactation consultant that's in their area that could see them you know if they if something should arise early and you know you can't see the hospital lactation consultant to just have one on standby um just in case you need it because those early days are so hard and they can be so complex and it's just better when you have that support when you need it instead of just waiting for them to come and then if they aren't that great you're struggling yeah you're right especially with how you said you had to wait almost a full day for one like yeah I never even thought that part of it you know that they're not there all the time like a nurse or a doctor could be right um so kind of like changing topics but not really because it's all under the same umbrella but um (laughs) right (laughs) um what are some major benefits of breastfeeding and breast milk oh I love talking about this and it ties into my love of um public health and community health and just everything that I love and breathe which is like I want the next generation of kids to be healthier um and so that was it for me it's why like I wanted to become a breastfeed uh lactation counselor and it's why I wanted to breastfeed because it was the health benefits so like for the baby you know getting breast milk lowers their risk of certain diseases and like colds coughs ear infections um asthma SIDS uh, eczema, obesity, diabetes, like all of the chronic illnesses that I saw so much of when I was working in public health, mm-hmm. um, breastfeeding, um, could lower the risk of those. And I was like, why don't we, when we talk about this more, like, I didn't know this. Did you know this? Because this is not something that I saw people talking a whole lot about. And then even for the moms, it could lower our risk of certain cancers and diabetes and like blood pressure issues and postpartum depression. And that was something that I was really worried about. And I was like, no, I didn't know until I, you know, got into this field that breast milk or breastfeeding could lower the risk of those things. Yeah, it's really incredible because seems like, you know, I was a formula baby, you know, growing up. And I think like a lot of our generation really was, you know, and um, that's just like what it was in the norm. And I knew nothing about breastfeeding and then learning some stuff. I was like, whoa, (laughs) right, right, (laughs) right. It's just after. Um, you know, completely the same. I was a preemie baby. And so, I mean, I wish that I would have gotten breast milk a long time because, you know, like now there's all the research about how breast milk is like really the best food for preemie babies. And there's even like some research out about um, premature babies getting um, formula and having an increased risk of developing endometriosis later on in life. And so I just look at the benefits and say like why don't people promote breast milk more even if you don't want to feed from the breast you could pump or Mm -hmm. being really intentional or knowing that donor milk is an option especially if you have a baby that's in the NICU then you know like really pushing for them to get breast milk because they really do need it yeah absolutely it's 
really like I'm glad I learned all this and I'm glad to have you on here to teach me more because (laughs) it really is incredible knowing the benefits and how many of us are really in the dark about it and um, how communities just really aren't aware or even have access to any anything really to inform them um so what do you think is a most common not talked about subject regarding breastfeeding (sighs) okay I want to say like first we don't know uh well we don't talk about tongue ties and like lip ties enough and how that could like affect your breastfeeding journey right because we think like most of us got bottles right and so the tongue ties and lip ties it kind of like really didn't matter because everybody can we could just get the milk out of the bottle and so now that more people are trying to breastfeed and we're seeing people have you know troubles with either baby latching or just not being able to transfer milk effectively we're noticing that you know these are the lactation people are saying hey this this baby has a tie but then the doctors are like well why are so many babies having ties now like they we didn't have ties before but really do we know if we had ties before because we were all getting bottles so it yeah. really didn't matter so um I just wish that there was more like education and maybe like a standard of care for babies with ties like even with me knowing what I know I was literally in the hospital like I need to see the pediatrician my baby has its own tie and the pediatrician came in there and she was like oh well yeah maybe his like he kind of has a tongue tie and I'm like well how do you kind of have it? <laughs> like you, you either have yeah, it or you don't right exactly um, <laughs> she's like well yeah he might kind of have a tongue tie but um it it won't matter until he's like in school um and it might affect his speech but it doesn't affect breastfeeding at all and the dentist can like look at it when he's older and see you know what needs to be done now in my nurse brain and all the training that I had wasn't a breastfeeding specialist yet but I had taken a training on breastfeeding and I knew that in the training I learned that tongue ties could affect breastfeeding. But having the pediatrician and even the hospital lactation consultant that I saw say, hmm, yeah, well, it kind of looks like he has a tongue tie was enough to, to make me doubt like what I already new and I mean ultimately if your baby has a tie and it is restricting their their latch it's restricting I'm sorry their tongue their lips which affects the latch and their ability to transfer milk it's going to cause problems with your breastfeeding journey yeah dude and it's so crazy because um I didn't even know like that was a thing you know and I saw some like pages on Instagram that always talk about tongue tie ties and like some of the yep. images and I'm like wait that's not normal like we're not supposed to <laughs> exactly. have that little like part at our tongue and on our lip you know like what <laughs> like right like I feel like there are so many people and on some people you can definitely see it like the motion is so restricted mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just clear as day it was just missed when hmm. we were kids yeah for sure big time and um, some of the pages even work with like adults, like releasing it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy, you know, that it really is something. And like you said, we never noticed it because we were all bottle fed. 
Right. And now now there are, you know, people who are even releasing ties on um, like older kids if they have had like their tonsils out or their adenoids out and they're constantly struggling with like colds and infections, sinus infections, allergies and stuff like that. And then they're just going ahead and releasing the tie. Wow. That's so interesting how that can really affect so much beginning with breastfeeding but it makes sense how all everything is connected everything is connected so cool it's really I love like hearing you talk about all of this stuff really so I could um, talk about all of this stuff like all day long I I could listen to you talk all day too that's for sure um so then tongue ties and lip ties you know being an issue with breastfeeding and, you know, women not being really aware of that. Do you think that's why women think that they can't breastfeed or is that like a myth? Like, like any woman can breastfeed. You just kind of have to work through things or are women like, are there women out there who cannot? Okay. So I do think that babies with undiagnosed ties, you know, it kind of derails the breastfeeding journey and those moms might think, well, I'm just not making enough milk because if your baby is tied to the point of where they can't effectively transfer milk, then they're going to lose weight and they're not going to be gaining weight and the mom is going to think well I'm just not producing enough milk when really the mom can have the milk it's just the baby cannot transfer it right so Mm -hmm. but I think like those moms are in a separate category from moms who truly cannot breastfeed because those are like very specific cases where maybe somebody had like a prior breast surgery um maybe they have like a hormonal or thyroid condition that affects you know milk production maybe they're on a specific medication or birth control because i have Mm. seen some people get prescribed birth control that can affect your milk supply um or maybe moms who have something going on with the actual breast tissue and they don't have enough glandular tissue to produce milk but like I said that's those aren't like common like a large a large amount of people right like those are very you know those are some very specific things versus you know the mom whose baby maybe had a tie or somebody who had a breastfeeding journey that was interrupted by interventions which is very common who then have issues with breastfeeding Mm, that makes sense and you know I, I didn't think like medication or anything um like a breast surgery like could affect it but especially birth control that makes so much sense gosh yeah Yeah. and um and I think like this is why it's so important for people to have that prenatal education so that they know like oh wait I did have a breast surgery there is it like let's see how I can best establish a supply or I can be on top of you know seeing where my supply is or I'm sorry, I do have history of, you know, like low thyroid or hyperthyroid, like 
let's us uh, let's get that knowledge beforehand so you can understand what's happening before you're like in the thick of it and you're trying to make decisions and doctors are telling you or the staff is like you're not making milk you gotta have formula like this is why mm-hmm. prenatal education is so important or even with the birth control thing like so people know like oh I do want to go get on birth control this is what I need to get instead of getting on something and it killing their supply when all of that could have been avoided yeah really and it hurts. I mean, for me, I feel like it just hurts when I hear, you know, doctors or whoever just say, just give them formula. It's okay. Like, I was even told by um, not our main pediatrician, but like one that had stepped in one day, and I made sure he never stepped in again. But he was like, uh, telling me to mix my breast milk with formula and give the baby formula as well. And really, for no reason. What? Yeah, like, (laughs) really, like, took me off guard. I I don't know why he would say that. I know they all, a lot of them push it, but I was just like, why? Like, she's gaining weight. She's growing. She's fine. I know that, like you said, there are some moms who struggle or babies who struggle. And why isn't donor milk like the first option? You know, exactly. Where is that? (sighs) Where does that come into play? Is that just not really available to everyone, or? Like, do you need to know a guy? Right. I was like, literally, that was me in the hospital. I was like, okay, well, how do I get in on the donor milk? And um, I think, like, I got conflicting information. I think one of the nurses told me, oh, I'll I'll have to get information on it for you. And then another one was like, well, your baby's not in the NICU. And we prioritize NICU babies Mm. getting donor milk. So... Um, you know, like I won't be able to give it to you. And it just seems to be very vague, even for hospitals who claim to be baby friendly facilities and really promote breastfeeding. I'm like, well, if you really promote breastfeeding, then you would make donor milk the first option and you would readily offer it to people who need it. It wouldn't be under like lock and key and this whole process to figure out. Yeah. So where, how do women find somewhere to get donor milk? Like I've donated my milk to a friend who needed some because she she just wasn't really like too sure where, where to get it from, you know, what, how the health of the mom was, like all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Right. Okay. So donor milk is such a like, complex topic almost because you do have your milk banks where you know like the the moms are vetted and the milk is tested and all of that stuff but if you don't have access to that um and if you can't get any from your local hospital then you really do have to rely either like on peer-to-peer donation like from a mom that you trust or um one of the groups like human milk for human babies or something like that okay okay man we gotta try and make this like a thing and you know more accessible more available yeah I mean when I was breastfeeding my son like eventually after we went home I just connected with other moms and I mean like I've donated milk <laughs> to nice. mom um moms like my fellow doulas like we would just 
like communicate amongst each other and be like, Hey, I got a mom that's really struggling. She, she needs some milk. Do you, or do you have any milk? Do you have clients, you know, with any milk? And, you know, obviously you could connect people. They can talk about like, Oh, this is my diet. I'm not on any medications. Like, do you want this donation? And I mean, I have drove around and picked up milk in a cooler and taken it to some of my moms. Like it's truly like it, it takes a village and like, that's yeah. just part of it sometimes you're an angel that's amazing <laughs> oh, thank you you're welcome that's so amazing and it really does take a village and I feel like slowly but surely like we're kind of getting back to that way of living you know like community yeah. and just being back to our roots and helping each yes. other and giving milk to a mom friend who's in need, you know, and it's really awesome. It's really cool to see. Yeah, I for sure think like things are changing and we're slowly realizing that we cannot do motherhood alone. Like, yeah, we can't. that is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you think or why do you think if there is, if there's like a stigma with breastfeeding in this world? I know I mentioned like in the notes I sent you, um, like it's more acceptable for women to be like naked and sexualized, you know, and then right. it's like we get looked at sideways if we're out in public and feeding our babies. Like, right. why do you think that's an issue or do you think that's changing or anything? I think it's slowly changing with social media <clears throat> and people really pushing to normalize breastfeeding because it's almost like, especially with us and like all we saw was the bottle or formula, like breastfeeding is still so foreign. And so people don't realize that breast make milk. And so it's, they're not always or they shouldn't be seen as like this sexual thing all the time because they literally make milk to feed babies. And so mm -hmm. we have to shift and change the narrative that the media has definitely portrayed oh, yeah. um, our bodies as. And people just need to see more people breastfeeding all of the time unapologetically so that they understand that this is the norm. This is how babies eat. They don't always eat out of a bottle. Oh, that is so true. So, so true. Putting it out there and seeing it more will definitely, yeah. like, make people more comfortable with it. That's for sure. Because, like, and I, I like to think of myself, like, I don't care what people think. I'm doing whatever. I. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes, like, when I'm out, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I hope I don't, like, make anyone uncomfortable. And that's just, like, so stupid and silly for me to think, you know, like. Yeah. Like you said, that's exactly what they're for is to feed a baby. That's it. That, and, you know, like that's what they're making the milk, you know, and mm. babies should be able to eat wherever they're hungry, not in a bathroom or mom should have to go like to a hot car or like leave, you know, the room or a family gathering. Yeah. Like new moms work so hard to get places and then you want them to leave just to feed the baby. Like that's messed up. It's so messed up. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. So, so true. And I love, like I said earlier, like all that you do and how you tie everything together and your message and your missions and everything. So what kind of led you to where you are now? 
your whole little journey. Okay, it's just definitely a journey, but I'm really thankful now. Like, I finally feel like everything is coming together full circle for me. Um, I actually graduated high school. Like, I have my yearbook, and it had had me write down, like, my future career plans. And it's like, I'm going to graduate, and I'm going to be a nurse, and then I'm going to be a women's health nurse practitioner so that I can help, like, low-income people in need of care. <laughs> Oh, I love that. yeah and so like this has always been like my area of passion I would be watching like a baby story instead of cartoons as a kid and like memorizing how to tell if bath water was too hot for a baby or how to warm up a bottle back when they recommended you to like boil it on the stove um and You're so natural. like <laughs> You're literally born this to is do it. this is definitely something I feel like I was born and called to do and so you know I went to nursing school I did do best at nursing for a little bit and then I got into public health and that's when I learned about like breastfeeding and a lactation and because my office was like right above WIC and I, I just love learning and I was like let, let me see what this WIC thing is all about what they're talking about and they were talking about breastfeeding and so I um I was like I think that's it like I don't want to be a women's health nurse practitioner anymore I really want to do this thing that's going to promote better health for the next generation um but like I mentioned I was diagnosed with infertility like right around that same time and at that point in time you needed to have like personal breastfeeding experience to become a peer counselor at WIC and so I was like dang I gotta figure this thing out like I'm gonna have to put my dream on hold for a little bit um just to to go on my own holistic healing journey and then I was like I know I'm gonna come back to it one day and so um you know it was definitely a journey um for me to learn about my hormones and like all of that stuff but eventually I had my son and like I think it was maybe three months postpartum when I signed up for my lactation training course I was like I'm back and I'm ready to do this <laughs> You are ready. yeah yeah absolutely So ready. absolutely I took my um I took my exam to become a certified breastfeeding specialist um with baby wearing him on my back I was Oh. like I am doing this So I'm just really grateful and I, I finally feel like things are coming together for me. That's incredible. Thank Incredible. you. And to be diagnosed with infertility and to just prove it all wrong, you know, Yeah. and like, By the grace of God, Yeah. here you are with a baby. Like anything is possible. Anything And is possible. I remember, I just remember the day and the doctor being like, you'll never have a baby without like doing IVF or, you know, some assistance. And I was like, mm. okay we'll see about that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, watch me. Watch. <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely God like I'm so grateful for my my miracle That's incredible. I would love to have you come back on again and just maybe like focus on that, you know, like absolutely just how you went through that whole journey itself to give your body what it needed to do all of that and have a baby because that's really incredible and a miracle, you know, like really, Abs really incredible. yeah absolutely I would love to come back because we'll definitely need a whole nother like a whole nother section <laughs> because I know it's I'm like a story like at the for clock real I'm like can, can I tell her to tell me more now or like what <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't think so the clock's ticking right <laughs> but <laughs> definitely need you to come back to share that story because that is just 
I have no words for it because it's so incredible and and uh, I'm just speaking. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank it really you. is. You're we'll welcome. Go it. We'll go through the whole story next time. Yeah. Um. So that's a great journey, and I'm sure. Not only obviously is it very touching and inspiring, as I really can't find the words to just to say anything about it, but I'm sure it is great for the women that you support and help. You know, like if you've ever come across a woman struggling with anything that's like that, mm-hmm. you know, like you're walking living proof that you you can that it can be done, and you are the right woman. Absolutely. Um, I love supporting people who have infertility or, you know, trying to have a baby. Um, And I, you know, I get to do that as a full spectrum doula. It's like I can see people go from trying to pregnant and then supporting them with their babies. And it's just really beautiful. So as a doula and a nurse, how do you balance that? Like, do you find that... um, is there anything with each profession that kind of goes against the other or do they kind of <laughs> balance one another? I know it sounds like a crazy. No, it doesn't sound crazy <laughs> at all. I'm laughing because I'm like, we're going to need another. Let me see how to sum it up. Um, there are some things uh especially like all of the interventions and the way that hospital birth goes that I don't necessarily love as a doula I'm gonna say it like that yeah (laughs) makes sense that makes sense for sure yeah but nurses are amazing people I think you know my mom's a nurse my brother's a nurse I've aunts that are nurses and and I think that you guys really are um the ones that just make everyone feel good. Like, you have to be a special kind of person to be a nurse. I think, you know, like you have to have a big heart. Yes. You love to take care of people, you know, nurses really don't get enough credit. And I think sometimes the industry that, you know, obviously the nurses are in can make them look a certain way when it's not true. Absolutely. You know? Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. It does make sense. Um, so I do like that. And again, if you want to come on in <laughs> some more detail, you're more than welcome, Ray, for sure. <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot that I could listen to from you and we could just chat it up about. So you might be on here quite a few times. But um, <laughs> so what, if anything, is is there anything that helps Mama's Milk Supply? Because, you know, on Instagram, I'm always seeing like, make this cookie, eat this cookie, (laughs) or do this, or do that, or is it all just, like, (sighs) you know what I mean? Like, is there anything that helps, or is it just, that's just how it is? Yes, what helps is actually moving the milk out to make more milk, right? Like, I heard this the other day about breast and making milk. Um, She was like, 
tells her clients to think about their breasts as like an ice machine maker or whatever. So, you know, when it's empty, it's making more ice, it's 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 filling up, but once it's full, it kind of it just stops. It like it gets stuck, mm-hmm. it's like what's happening, it's full, it's not making more ice. That's exactly how breastfeeding works. Like you have to tell your body that you need it to make milk and empty breasts feel faster than full ones so that's my whole issue with these cookies and stuff is like there's not one magic thing that's going to just have you pouring out 12 ounces of milk if you're not (laughs) moving the milk like eat all the cookies drink all of the things but if you're not latching your baby like every two to three hours if you're not pumping you're not gonna have a supply that makes so much sense and such a great analogy really because yeah. I'm like, in the beginning of breastfeeding my daughter, like, I'm like oh my gosh, like, all right, I got to bake these cookies. I got to drink this tea. Like, I got to eat more meat. Like, what the heck? <laughs> it's like so many things to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you want to eat well. Obviously, you just grew a whole baby. You want to nourish your body. You want to drink. But come on, like, I don't even like Blue Pirate or whatever it is. Like, I don't <laughs> for real (laughs) but that makes a lot of sense is it why would your body make something if it doesn't need to make it because it's already sitting there like in the boot exactly a lot of sense so people listen like instagram can be a lie (laughs) it it can watch who you follow raise someone to follow she knows what she's saying (laughs) um let me see how are we doing okay i think we're okay with time so what about a tip? Like, what is your number one tip you have for new breastfeeding moms? If you haven't already shared, which I think you said, look into a lactation consultant if you're going to the hospital. But I guess if you have another one or if you want to, whatever you want to say. I'm sorry. I drank a latte way too late in the day. <laughs> so I'm very like, like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, to calm like, down. It's fine. <laughs> I, um, I'm sorry. I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but I just want to reiterate that taking that prenatal breastfeeding class can really help um, you to understand what's normal, what's not normal, what to look out for, and really set the tone for a better um, breastfeeding journey. Because if you like go into breastfeeding and you understand that all my baby really needs is this colostrum, then you aren't stressing about, oh my gosh, I'm not making enough milk because nothing's coming out in the pump, you know? Mm-hmm. Or if you go into it and you know, like, okay, around day two or three, this baby's not going to be as sleepy anymore. They're going to wake up. They might be a little turned up. They may want to nurse a whole lot and cluster feeding is normal. Then you aren't worried about, oh, wait, my baby's nursing a whole lot. I must not be making enough milk. Or if like, you know, like I only need to get like one wet diaper and one one poopy diaper then I only need two wet diapers and two poopy diapers then you aren't worried about like oh my gosh I'm not making enough milk because a lot of people start to perceive that they have a low milk supply and count themselves out even both they haven't even given their transitional milk time to come in yet and they're already Mm. saying I don't have enough milk I'm gonna go ahead and supplement with formula and then they get caught in this trap of formula and not pumping enough and then it just turns into a whole cascade of interventions that's just wow that's a great tip because again i don't think 
I think we're just so in the dark or we just assume that it, it just happens and it's just like all good. Right. So it's yep. like either one or the other way you look at it, you definitely need to do the work and research, like you said. Absolutely. Um, so what is one thing that you recommend to all pregnant women? This is a question <laughs> I ask everyone that comes on. So it can be related to what you're talking about or it could be something completely different whatever you think um well it's gonna be related to what we do (laughs) which ties into lactation which i just tell our pregnant people hire a doula like Mm -hmm. it is it's too risky out here to not be an informed birthing person regardless of like if you want a hospital birth a home birth a birth center birth like you need to know your options and I mean especially for people who are having a hospital birth obviously the maternal mortality crisis and everything like having a doula it should just be like I'm pregnant okay let me find a doula like that's yes, <laughs> yes. Like, like that's the first thing you do <laughs> and then I if agree you want a, if you want a midwife after that then you find a midwife if not then you can go ahead and find whatever doctor you want because they you know but it should mm-hmm. be like pregnant doula that's it <laughs> yes yes and I agree I think that just back to like our roots and like how we were you know like yeah. women were always Women were always doulas, like, yes, since the dawn of time, you know, and it just, we would always support each other and exactly. it got lost, but we're bringing it all back. And I love yeah. it. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Okay. So Miss Ray, how can the listeners find you or work with you and support you? absolutely y'all can find me on instagram twitter facebook at ray the doula so and website is ray the doula.com the only place i'm somewhere different is tiktok and i am doula ray um so yeah connect with me there you can learn all about my services there on my website in the dms whatever you need and i just ask you know share my posts send me referrals if you know somebody in south georgia you know or (laughs) um or (laughs) or virtually and um yeah if there's ever like any grants or scholarships for anything related to like birth or lactation or exams please send it my way you know i'm a solo mama out here so i take all the help yeah and um i'm actually supporting a woman virtually in georgia so i'll send her your profile too just in case there's anything you know um Maybe I feel like, you know, all doulas, we can work together. So if there's something that, you know, maybe I'm not reaching to her about, maybe there's something you can reach her about. Maybe you guys even are close, you know, where you all live. So um, I will send you or I'll send her your profile for sure. She's a sweetheart. But um, and I'll also link all of your socials, your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, like all that in the description below so everyone can find you pretty easily thank you um and i'm definitely we're gonna have to chat again about a a few things (laughs) yeah i'm totally down to come back whenever i'm so grateful for this opportunity i really appreciate you so much oh thank you ray i appreciate you too because i needed to chat with you and have you share your knowledge and your wisdom and everything that you do and hope that you know you help someone 
and they can reach out to you and maybe you can help them some more, you know? So yeah. I thank you so much for this. You're so welcome. All right. I will talk to you later, Ray. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Right, bye. I want to thank Ray for joining me and sharing her story and her knowledge. And I really pray that this helps whoever needs it. I have Ray's Instagram down in the description, so please give her a follow. Ask her any other questions you have, and, you know, maybe she can help you on your breastfeeding journey. If you enjoy this episode and podcast, please give it five stars. Thank you for listening. Because of you, I get to share this time, space, and information. God bless.